Okay, hello there and welcome to the Prawncast. Thank you again for listening and for all of your support. Uh, episode one has only been up for around uh, 18 hours and already nearly 2,000 downloads. Apparently that's okay. But please, if you can, share the link and if you enjoy the contents, let other people know. All right, so what I'm going to do at the start of each Prawncast is go through some of your feedback from the previous episode and some of your comments on the Prawncast Facebook page. And then I'll talk about a few issues. Today, China and the Australian election. Just how far will ScoMo and Peter Dutton go to beat the drums of war in order to gain votes? <laughs> well, the anti-China rhetoric is certainly on the rise and the attacks against Labor are amping up including the ludicrous suggestion that an Albanese government would be soft or even too close to China. <laughs> All right, then. I think we'll debunk that rubbish right here today. Also, the UAP, the United Australia Party. Uh, the so-called health experts, Palmer and Kelly, what do you make of them? I'll have a bit to say about their latest advertising blitz where they have channeled a former US president, Ronald Reagan. It's hilarious. And of course, some awful news from Sydney's beaches this week with a fatal shark attack. And I'm sorry to say that I think the frenzy from the media has been a little over the top, in my opinion. All right, but first to your feedback from episode one. And first of all, Mitchell Thornton. Can I use surnames? Sorry, uh, Mitchell. Uh, look, I, I will if uh, there are a couple of people with the same name. Anyway, Mitchell says, just listen, Prawny. First up, don't be humble, my man. Do it for the money. You are paid for a reason. Secondly, this pod is an excellent opportunity to express yourself and your interests, whether it's politics, sport, trash television, or whatever, man. You do you. <laughs> Looking forward to more, mate. Keen to see this pod become a mainstay of mine. Well, I hope it does. All the best from one of the friendly prawnies. Thank you, Mitchell. Appreciate it. Look, if I'm not in it for the money at the moment, uh, although if you can throw a prawn or lobster, I'd appreciate it. Just follow the link uh, below in the comments and drop us a coin or two in the uh, in the account that we've mentioned. Maybe down the track we'll monetize via Patreon or whatever, but just uh, at the moment while I'm looking for other work and uh, you know, um, maybe you can, uh, but certainly I'm not doing it for the money. I'm doing it, as I mentioned yesterday, to stop myself from climbing the walls <laughs> and annoying Ash. All right, Pamela says, Mark is fabulous. I just listened. Thank you very much. I could listen for a few hours. Well, Pamela, thank you. Um, look, I'm going to try and make the podcasts around 15 minutes, maybe 20 at the most. I think 15 to 20 minutes uh, to start off is a, is a good time frame until I start organising some interviews. Uh, Louise, that was great. Very enjoyable. It was great to hear your voice again, Marcus. I've missed listening to you every morning. Maybe you could bring in the Princess Ash for a chat sometime as well. <laughs> well, I'll ask her. Maybe as we get closer to the wedding, we can talk about I don't know. I will ask. We'll see. Uh, Dave says, Marcus, I enjoyed this snippet, Mr. Paul. That's Mr. Prawn to you. I can't wait for number two. I'm sure your son Jordan would be willing to come on and talk if you want to target the Geordies crowd. But you should see if you can get some of your old radio mates to come on for a chat. I'm sure that would be fascinating. 
Uh, well, yes, we uh, we will get to some interviews, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll speak to some of the people that I had on the radio show. That's the idea. Eventually, uh, Aben, proud of your prawny, much love. You got this. Thank you, Aben. Appreciate it. Adam, hi, Adam. Thank you for your uh, note. Nice pod, Marcus. Really loved your little thoughts. Would love a fully fleshed out pod. Rain was a little off-putting, but this was only episode one. Reckon you should move into a good soundproof room. Hopefully this is sounding a little better this morning. Maybe you can make such a thing at your home. I don't know. I haven't stalked your home, so I don't know what your home is like. But if you can, maybe try some noise-cancelling pads in a small room with a computer rig. Lava. It goes on. Uh, but thank you for that. I appreciate your thoughts and some of your suggestions there, Adam, and we'll see what we can do. Uh, Kate, uh, my little sister, loved it. Thunderstorm and all. Kiss, kiss. Andrew, very good prawny. I can't wait for the next one. Robin Stefano, who was a fan of the radio program. Great, Marcus, as long as we can all hear you. Uh, you happy to hear me? Some people hate my voice. Some of my biggest critics. Um, you know, when all the crap went down. Oh, good. We're glad he's not on the radio at all anymore. Worst voice ever. It's like, you know, hearing somebody scraping their nails down a chalkboard. Aaron Parker says, on your prawny, great mix, little politics, current events and a bit of streaming entertainment. Can't wait till you've got some guests on for some repartee. Oh, well, that's something I will definitely do. Uh, Mark says, please don't become a Geordie. I wish. Uh, have you seen Jordan's latest uh, content? What about the video that dropped today? Amazing. Uh, his take on the 60 Minutes interview. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you do. I put a link up on our page, but most people who listen to me, of course, came to me from Jordan anyway, but the latest Friendly Geordie's piece is brilliant. Uh, Dean, fantastic start, Mr. Paul. Great to hear you again. I'd like to hear a little more about your background in journalism radio. I'm interested into how you got to where you are now. Uh, well, a lot of work and a lot of moving around the country, working at various radio stations. But I started uh, when I was at uni, during uni breaks at the local Bathurst radio station, 2BS, did a little work up there and then went to Orange, to 2GZ, did some work there. And eventually in my third year of my degree, uh, in between drinking games, <laughs> I used to go and visit Dad up on the Gold Coast, and I was lucky enough to, in uni breaks, get some work up there uh, doing late nights or overnights on CFM on the Gold Coast. I think it's called Hit Something now. Anyway, that's how it all started, and then eventually um, came to Today FM, then 1FM out in Penrith, um, then down to Canberra, over to Wollongong, back up to the Gold Coast, then to Brisbane, and on it went, and here we are. All right, is that a little explainer, Dean? of how it's all happened. Look, it, it wasn't until I did work at uh, 2UE back in the old days of um, Alan Jones on breakfast, followed by John Laws, John Stanley in the afternoons, and then uh, for drive, Mike Carlton, and then Stan Zamanik at night. I was around uh, working in the newsroom, doing traffic reports and entertainment, all that sort of stuff. Uh, that was the point where I thought, wow, I'd really love to do this. Once I get a little more experience, a little more, you know, um, worldly experience, then that's something I would absolutely love to do. So that's when I fell in love with journalism and talk radio. In the meantime, I was, you know, before that, just enjoying playing music and, you know, doing all the 
the hip radio stuff. But anyway, we'll see what happens. All right, Stephen says, keep the thunderstorm in the background. Uh, well, I can't control the weather. Um, but all right, I'm glad you enjoyed the thunderstorm because you, you can hear it, couldn't you? Benjamin. Oh, Ben. Can't wait to make a special guest appearance on episode two. Hashtag prawn salad. Well, Ben, uh, you're not on episode two, but uh, maybe down the track, perhaps. So long as you stop trolling me on those Facebook radio sites, Ben. I told you. Stop it. You're making me look bad. <laughs> uh, Mark says, get the moon man to be a co-prawn. <laughs> Lawrence Mooney. Uh, I don't think Lawrence will be doing anything at the moment. He's currently suing Triple M. Uh, Brody, thank you for your note. Alex, thank you, mates. Uh, Alex says, I couldn't name drop any ABC hacks off the top of my head to replace Auntie Lee. And then others go on to say, including Ricky, Laura Tingle was the name that popped into my head. I didn't think of that yesterday. I should have said it. Uh, Wayne says that Stan Grant would do a good job. Look, he probably would. He probably would. Uh, JK says, I'll throw another 10 at you if you put your podcast up on Deezer. Okay, well, I'll have a look. Oh, here we go. Bradley Mackay. Let's just click on Bradley. Um, wherever I go, the trolls come, and that's okay because I'm after reactions, even from the trolls. Bradley apparently follows my public posts. Bradley is a Fisher person by the looks of his uh, profile here. He's self-employed, which means we're probably paying for his lifestyle. Bradley, Marcus Paul, I would not give you the steam off my poo. <laughs> I can't begin to tell you how sad that makes me feel, Bradley. I see you're an anti-vax freedom supporter as well. That's nice. Enjoy your day and thanks for popping by. I mean, I had a look on this bloke's uh, Facebook page. To me, he looks like he's... Oh, have a look. Yeah, he looks like he's an anti-vaxxer. Oh, he's come back to me too. Uh, Marcus seems very interesting that you have enough time on your hands to troll my Facebook page. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, rather pro-choice. Oh, there we go. That's what every anti-vaxxer says. I supported my 16-year-old son's decision to be vaccinated, though I choose not to. Does that make me anti-vax? I don't know, Bradley, and I don't really care, but you came here trolling and, you know, you put up pictures of the, uh, you know, the, the so-called freedom protest in Canberra last week. I'll leave you with this thought. Thousands of people flocked to Canberra to be literally herded into paddocks and then led en masse from location to location to prove they are, let me check those notes, not sheep. All right, Bradley, but look, <laughs> I hope you get a kick out of me mentioning you, mate. Um, anyway, I don't want to make enemies doing this. I just, I'm just doing what I'm doing, Brad. You either enjoy it or you don't. And uh, if you don't, then don't listen, I guess, or get off the Facebook page. It doesn't bother me either way. All right, let's move on to something else now. Uh, what do you make of this lot? The United Australia Party. They are certainly spending up big, thanks to their benefactor, Mr. Palmer. Their ads are popping up absolutely everywhere, aren't they? And this week, they even featured a strange correlation between former US President Ronald Reagan and the West Australian border closures. So, look, uh, it's pretty obvious 
that Clive and his mob are going to attack um, any Labor government they can. Uh, what are they for? They're for freedom. Um, they're certainly not health experts. One of the memes that I put up on the page is a, a wonderful photograph of Clive Palmer. There he is, lounging on a, a leather recliner or leather sofa, gut hanging out absolutely everywhere. On his phone next to him is an equally impressive physical specimen by the name of Craig Kelly. And these blokes are the ones that apparently we should be listening to for health advice. Give me a break. Anyway, <clears throat> the United Australia Party, uh, they announced all of their lower house or uh, their candidates for the House of Representatives. There was hundreds of them by the looks of their Facebook page. One of them was my old mate, Dean Mackin. Oh, Dean Mackin is standing for the seat of Dobell up there in the Hunter, the Upper Hunter. Good luck, Dean. Good luck. You have a crack at me for, what, some little 1.8% of a, a little country market that my show used to go to. And, you know, you get great kicks out of trolling and trashing me on your, your little Facebook page with, you know, no followers. And here you are running for federal politics. I wish you well. Look, I want to bury the hatchet with you, Dean. But you... <laughs> You want to hope you get more than 1.8% of the vote. Um, otherwise, maybe I'll be calling you Mr. 0.2%. I'm not quite sure. Anyway, I wish you the best. Look, at the end of the day, anybody running for public office, no matter Labor, Liberal, Calithumpian, I do wish them well because I think they're, uh, you know, their interests are in, you know, making change. And I think it's important to stand up for what you believe in. Not everybody agrees with what I believe in and, and vice versa. So good luck to you, Dean. And and everybody else. But I don't know. Sean says people think these two bozos are telling it like it is. That's Palmer and Kelly. When really they're telling a very vocal minority exactly what they want to hear. Meanwhile, Palmer's ad funding signal boosts to make. Uh, OK, I see what you're saying here. All the money that he's spending really is supposed to saturate the market so it seems more legitimate than it actually is. That's what Sean's saying. One cursory look at any uh, into any of their claims shows they aren't grounded in reality at all. Yeah. And then Matt says, uh, also, alas, a cursory glance seems too much effort for some. Nate says, I think they're just trying to pull the same old crap Clive did last time when they funnel the votes to the Liberals to benefit Clive's economic interests. All the things they say are just to convince as many people as possible to vote for them in the hopes it'll funnel through enough to beat Labor. Uh, Chris, all right, well, Chris seems to be uh, a supporter of the United Australia Party. Chris says, I hope they win. Everyone's sick of the two major parties destroying freedom for power and disrespecting human rights. Okay, uh, look, all I will say in uh, conclusion is that, uh, look, Clive Palmer's not stupid. He's a businessman, and I think <laughs> all the money that he's spending, surely, surely he must be thinking he's going to get something back out of this. Exactly what? I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. I doubt very much whether they will get anybody in the House of Representatives. I'll be very surprised. Although, mind you, between them and One Nation, they'll probably take up around new 
three to five percent of the federal vote, if that. Anyway, um, you never know. We'll see what happens. Uh, but Adrian, I think we'll leave it with Adrian's quote here. Clive Palmer would drop Kelly in the deep end at the drop of a hat. Well, you're probably right. I mean, they've had a falling out before, haven't they? Um, those two, the member for Hughes and uh, Clive Palmer. We'll see how it goes. By the way, just on politics, congratulations to Joel Fitzgibbon. Uh, I think 30-odd years in politics, 26 as the elected member for the Hunter. He made his final speech this week. Uh, good luck to you, mate. I enjoyed our radio chats over the years. And um, look, I, I know a lot of you, judging by some of the comments that I've read, are a little disappointed in the way it all ended for Joel Fitzgibbon. Um, but as I've always said, you know, Joel was always stuck between a, well, a lump of coal and a hard place. Very hard in a changing or a climate change environment uh, to get votes in a, you know, pretty much parochial coal mining town. Really tough. Uh, but I always found Joe, uh, Joel to be um, upfront, and I spoke with him, what, probably for the best part of the last eight years in my career. So I wish him the, the best and um, his beautiful daughter, Grace, a former Channel 9 reporter, will be the uh, actually the MC at my wedding. So I'm looking forward to all of that. But good luck to you, Joel, in whatever you choose to do and maybe hit the golf course up there in Cessnock for a little while. I think you've heard it. Alrighty, um, old habits die hard. I was just about to say, okay, give me a call, 13. No, I don't do that anymore. We don't do any of that anymore. No, unfortunately not. Oh, just quickly, something else uh, that somebody sent me in relation to the United Australia Party and uh, Clive Palmer and his mate Craig Kelly. <laughs> I like this. Rye, Rye Gibson. I called Palmer's office to book a medical appointment. His receptionist said, this isn't a medical office and Clive wasn't a doctor. I replied that if he's not a doctor, then why the hell is he giving out medical advice? Yeah, that's very good. Very, very good. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, another note here um, in relation to the Guardian Australia piece that was written this week. Scott Morrison accusing the Deputy Opposition Leader Richard Miles of being a Manchurian candidate. Yeah, well, that's from Tanya. That's how desperate they're getting. That is how desperate they are getting. Just uh, on that issue of, of China and, uh, you know, the, the beating of the drums of war, um, I think ScoMo is trying to outdo the spud when it comes to this. I mean, would you trust Peter Dutton? Really? Um, as opinion polls continue to head south with the LNP, um, there's no doubt that uh, if Anthony Albanese and Labor win the federal uh, election, I think there's no doubt that Peter Dutton will be the next Liberal leader. What do you make of that? Uh, let me know your thoughts. Uh, or will ScoMo just, I don't know, continue um, as opposition leader? I doubt it very much. Anyway, I'm referring now to a letter that uh, I've received here from Anthony Albanese, and I think he's posted it up as well on his social media, just in relation to some of the uh, arguments that were made in, uh, in Parliament this week and some of the attacks by the federal government on Labor, saying you can't trust Labor when it comes to Canberra, uh, uh, sorry, when it comes to China, you can't 
you know, a, a, an Albanese Labour government would be too soft. We'd be at risk of, you know, all sorts of threats from China, everything from invasion, military invasion, give me a break, uh, to cyber attacks and all the rest of it. Uh, now, look, in particular, the first thing I'll mention, there was apparently a, an attack by Peter Dutton saying that Labor and Anthony Albanese, you know, have never supported at all, um, you know, him or the Foreign Affairs Department, all this sort of stuff. And they were talking about how, you know, uh, there's no way we could trust Albo when it comes to China. Well, as far as I'm concerned, and, and this letter that I'm talking about uh, was sent to Anthony Albanese from the Prime Minister Scott Morrison in October of last year after the signing of the AUKUS agreement. Dear Anthony, thank you for your letter. Uh, and on it goes, I thank you and your front bench for the support of AUKUS and the government's decision to again uh, acquire nuclear-powered submarines. And, and on it goes. It's, it's up on Albo's Facebook and social media posts. Uh, and Anthony posted that and, and sent it out to journos to prove the point that Labor have always supported in a bipartisan way everything the federal government has done in relation to China. Yes, there have been criticisms, particularly on the diplomatic front. Um, but I, I just wonder how far will Scott Morrison and Peter Dutton go in using the China issue to scare Australians, you know, Reds under the bed, all that kind of stuff. How far do you think they'll go? Will they continue banging on about it? Probably. Let me know your thoughts on that on our Facebook page. I'd appreciate it. Finally, uh, today, I just want to talk about this horrific story, um, and I, I won't mention the man's name out of respect to his family, and I've learned my lesson here, but one thing I will say, um, there's a... And be careful. You may receive it as well. I did it as a journalist, uh, got an email and somebody sent me a, a private message of the video running around, the uncensored, unpixelated video of the shark attack off Maroubra Beach earlier this week in Sydney. And it's very graphic. Look, if you come across it, it's up to you, but I would warn against it, and I would certainly warn against allowing children to see it. Uh, the video was shared widely in private messaging groups and on social media. Look, it was run also um, on television, but it was pixelated. Uh, younger people, kids in particular, don't need to see half a body floating in the water off Maroubra Beach. Uh, the narrative of well, we need to cull or kill this shark, this endangered great white shark, at all costs, I'm glad they're not doing that. And I'm glad that even the family and close friends of the, the man, uh, who was an expert in the water by all accounts, he was a deep sea diver and a lover of the water and the ocean, even he uh, wouldn't, I mean, he's before on his social media posted about you know, the preservation of sharks and all the rest of it, even he probably wouldn't want this shark culled. So I'm glad the rhetoric has uh, certainly moved away from, you know, capturing and killing this shark. So they do want to capture it and they want to tag it and they want to use it, uh, I guess, in a, uh, a research way, <clears throat> excuse me, to find out exactly why uh, the shark came so close uh, to Sydney and beaches and whatnot. Look, 
I've been told, and I've read some information that, you know, this bloke was wearing a black wetsuit and the shark, most probably because it breached and it came from underneath, probably thought the bloke was a seal. That's it, because that's one of their main diets. And that's why they are attracted to that part of Sydney, because seals quite often nestle themselves and rest on the rocks. And the sharks know they're there. You know, that's one of their stable diets. Anyway, uh, awful, awful story. Just try and steer clear of the unpixelated video if you can. Finally, uh, I have to mention this before I go from Kevin. He sent this through to me. Marcus, who might I be talking about when I mention this? When you hear a girl he never met got £12 million, but you only got £3 million for your divorce settlement. Who am I talking about? Once again, when you hear a girl that he never met got £12 million, but you only got £3 million for your divorce. Yeah, I'm talking about old ginger toe sucker herself, Fergie, uh, the former princess of York. She um, she probably would be a little pissed, but I not as annoyed as what I was. I don't know what your take is on this whole situation. I'm a devout monarchist. I, I love the monarchy. I, I love Queen Elizabeth II. I love the history of, of the royals, particularly uh, the British monarchy. All the rest, I've always been fascinated by it. Um, and I, I think any talk of a republic here in Australia should not happen until at least Queen Elizabeth II has passed. And that, you know, who knows when that will be? Probably inside the next few years, with respect. Um, may not be. You know, she didn't get COVID. Everybody else around her dropped from COVID. And Elizabeth II, what, 90, what is she, 96 or something? Whatever she is. She's like superwoman. Everything just bounces off her. Anyway, I was disappointed um, in Virginia uh, Dufresne and her uh, legal team accepting this monetary payout. Wasn't the whole idea of this issue with Prince Andrew to hold him accountable, not financially, but perhaps criminally responsible for his alleged activities, that is, underage sex uh, with the Australian woman, wasn't the whole idea to put him through court and perhaps prove once and for all that he was, you know, into it uh, with his old mate, Jeffrey Epstein, may he rot in hell, and that other woman. You know, I would have thought that was the idea of this whole legal action, but no, again, a very wealthy person from a very wealthy background is able to pay their way, if you like, out of trouble. So 13 million pounds later, what, we're just supposed to move on? Maybe some would argue the damage is already done. You know, Prince Andrew has lost his Royal Highness titles. He's also lost his military honours and he's, you know, virtually living in exile, if you like, away from the Queen and the Royal family in some mansion out the back of Britain somewhere. So I don't know. Anyway, what are your thoughts on all of that? Let me know. That's about it for our second prawncast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, let me know your thoughts. Uh, if you're listening over the weekend, have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe, look after each other, and we'll have a chat again early next week. All the best to you, please. If you can spare a couple of dollars, I don't know, if you're able to throw a 
a lobster or prawns way, we'd appreciate it. The links are below in the uh, comments section. Uh, in the meantime, please, if you enjoyed it, share it, and we'll talk again next week. Prawny out. Bye now.